All right. So, I mean, we've been looking into Rangers all freaking week. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that goes hand in hand with, uh, with Rangers for me is Animal Companions. And it's not really in 5th edition as much as it has been in previous editions, but I've been flipping through the Monster Manual, going over all the beasts and shit at the back. I got a question. Yeah. What beast do you think needs a stat block oh. and should have been included? They got Mastiffs. <laughs> um, should have been beast? included in the Monster Manual. Oh, I don't Which know. What do you want? Badgers are in here. Badgers are in there. Badgers are the honey badger. Yeah. I've got the I've got the monster manual in front of me. You guys you guys say a thing, I'll tell you if it's in here. Honey badger. Well that's in there. Do you know what? Whales. Honey honey badger's not in here. Whale. Honey badger's not in there? Why would honey badger be in here? If badger <laughs> is in here. Well the badger, Such a badger comma honey, I think. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh whale. I'll go with whale. Killer whale is in here. Oh, that, uh, that uh, whale, killer whale's not a whale. More related to uh, a dolphin, well, actually. You should know that being from Vancouver. All right, but but blue whale, I guess, is what you're going for? Yeah, a, a, blue a, a blue whale animal companion. Hi, this is my pet bus. Right. Like, what? Well, it's not for animal companion. I mean, blank dogs are in here and freaking elephants and shit, right? No, but like, I think they just need a stat block. We can use them in a lot more um, naval campaigns, pirate yeah. campaigns. Um, that I, would be a fucking... Hell of an encounter. I would like to see yeah. more dire varieties of things. And like the weird dire... Like I want to oh, see really? what a dire house cat looks like. I'm and not, like... Uh, Dan, that's just a mountain lion. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like I, I would like give it the weird like bone okay, spurs so, and shit like yeah, that too. Right, so it's like an ocelot then. Sure. I'm not really into dire stuff to be honest. I honestly... My answer would be I want the giant variety of things. Dan says dire but I want... Okay, look, why do Tritons and Sea Elves not ride giant seahorses? Yeah. Right? I just think we need more giant versions of... I want giant turtles. Right? Like, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, you got turtle dragon, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. That's what you're saying. It's dragon turtle. Dan just twitched, but yeah. <laughs> you got turtle dragons. Turtle, turtle, yeah. dragons. turtle comma dragon. If that's a dragon with a shell. Oh my god, that'd be badass. Welcome to It's a Mimic with your DMs, Adam, Dan, and Terry. Welcome to another episode of the It's a Mimic podcast, the roundtable Dungeons and Dragons discussion, where you never know what you're going to get. I'm Adam, and with me are Dan and Terry, and today we're talking about Rangers. Rangers has got to be one of my secret favorite classes, and it's nobody's favorite class, which is a little bit bizarre to me. I am very yeah. tempted to call bullshit on you all over the place right now, but yeah. I'm I, trying. Really? The, I'm trying. The most successful, the most fun that I've had playing a player, or playing a player character was as a ranger in the campaign that you ran with the Clear Cut group. Oh, yeah. Okay. Where I was a Gloomstalker running around doing all that crazy nonsense. Really? That was your favorite character that you played? Yeah, he was just a load of fun and super useful. And 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 to be fair, I don't play a lot of player characters, right? Yeah, so that was I, your second one. <laughs> I had the opportunity to jump on to, to play anything that I wanted. And because I'm never allowed to play Rogue or Bard, yeah. I went, well, what's something that's out of my regular wheelhouse on this? And I went Ranger. And it was a shit ton of fun. It was good. Yeah, it was super powerful too. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Xanathar stuff really is super powerful. Yeah. Uh, the player's handbook stuff is a little bit flawed, and we're going to talk about that today. Yeah, uh, I, I, if you, so, you've picked up the player's handbook for the first time. You're brand new. You want to be an archer, and you go, "Oh, hey, look, ranger." You don't have to go ranger, right, guys? No, no. Yeah. In fact, I, w- I would contend that rangers aren't necessarily the best archers in the book. No, I, I would agree with that. I would say that well. Uh, I'm used to seeing rogues with crossbows. I love that um, that fighters have the archery um, yeah. fighting style. Yeah, my my archer so that I'm playing. I'm is... gonna play next time. I get back around to fighter. I'm doing that. 
But I'm going to go through yeah, them all. I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying playing a, like a crossbow-wielding fighter. And let's be honest, anytime that you're playing a spellcaster, whether it be warlock, sorcerer, bard, wizard, whatever it is, druid even, you need to have a crossbow strapped to your back, right? Yeah. Just because you're going to run out of spell slots, especially at low levels. And there's going to be some times where you're just like, you know what? All I've got left is my Old freaking... Reliable. Yeah, my, my illusion spells. And uh, that is a great big fuck off direwolf. Yeah, so... exactly. Does anyone need a long strider right now? <laughs> <laughs> anyone need a long strider? So, um, so, but I do like the ranger. I think the ranger is really flavorful. I like the idea of you being an expert hunter. It's really the only time that we have a martial class that seems to be somehow trained. You have honed the skill yourself. They, it makes me feel like... Well, they're self-trained is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah self-trained, yeah. So, um, but they've got uh, they've got Hermit or Outlander. Like, this is built right into them where they are out there on their own learning. You are the best of the best based on your own experience. That's why I like them. And we kind of bake that into every character anyway, but Ranger leans that direction. Yeah. From a flavor perspective. So... Gentlemen, before we start rolling dice and stuff, let's do a quick breakdown of the class in general, okay? Okay. Uh, first and foremost, you get 1d10 uh, per ranger level for your hit dice, which is super important because uh, you have... It's you and the fighter and the barbarian, and that's it. Paladin. And the paladin, and that's it. That's, <laughs> that's what it. I said, Dan. That's it. <laughs> Dan, he didn't finish his sentence. Yeah, come on, Dan. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> your saving throws are strength and dexterity, which are... Really useful. I remember when wisdom was a major factor, and wisdom still is for rangers, but not to the same degree anymore. They're not the same level of spellcaster that they used to be. You're meant to be there mixing it up with the enemies. Uh, you have proficiency with light armor and medium armor and shields, which you don't necessarily think about with rangers, right? You no, think- that's, that's, that's shocking to me. Yeah. Um, you get simple weapons and martial weapons. Your tool proficiencies are Donata. You just don't get That's it. money, I think, in Spanish. Close. They got you pretty, Terry. <laughs> the skills that you get are... And that's faded. That's faded fast. <laughs> get yourself a stressful job. You'll have five years for every one, I'm telling you. Uh, um, you can choose three of the following skills, which means that you are closer to a rogue and a bard as far as your skills. Um, there are some classes. I think Paladin only gets two, right? Monk only gets two, I believe, as far as your skill proficiencies. Let me double-check that before I swear to it. Um, yep, Paladin only gets two, and Monk only... Uh, who gives a shit? Go listen to the Monk Man, episode. Man, you flip through books really fast. I'm just really good at books. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can choose uh, from Animal Handling, Athletics, Insight, Investigation, Nature, Perception, Stealth, and Survival. The one that is missing here for me is Acrobatics. You don't have it. You'd think that with all the deck stuff that you're doing, that would kind of line up. Yeah, maybe. I 100% agree with everything else, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing there which I think is goofy, other than maybe I, acrobatics is not I, I don't know. Like uh, For me, you for a ranger, if you're taking acrobatics, that would be something you're grabbing from background, not necessarily for the woodsman. Because you're not pole vaulting or doing gymnastics in the middle of the woods while you're hunting you are climbing trees you are jumping rivers you are swimming all of that's athletics yeah the wild woodsman is so, all athletics so pole vaulting though if i can but you're honest. not doing the pole vaulting in, in yeah but that's still athletics the acrobatics for me my, my perspective on the uh, acrobatics is uh swinging from trees uh being able to tumble and fall off a cliff and take minimal damage right it's that kind of thing um, as much as climbing, swinging on a rope is acrobatics. And I can see, look, Tarzan was a ranger, man. 
Tarzan was more acrobatic. Than, he was athletic, but he was also acrobatic. Tarzan yeah. was a druid. Tarzan didn't have magic, Dan. Are you just... Ah, fuck, you need to be better at the literary classics. Tarzan was... And a, Disney movies. Tarzan... No. 100%, he was a druid. How do you figure? Summon nature's ally with that little stupid fucking call? What ranger could summon nature's ally? No, Tarzan so, was a rogue with the outlander background. Changed my mind. I, I will, but another time. Let's get back <laughs> to rangers. Uh, you got a whole bunch of different options um, for equipment to start with, including, check this out, scale nail. Doesn't really track for what I'm thinking of for, for rangers. Mm, That's a little bit strange. The way I twisted it later on, which we'll get to, I can see that. But for the standard sort of archetype, yeah, no. And uh, and you get two short swords, which means that I guess you're encouraged to do offhand attacks. You're encouraged to do two-weapon fighting. Yeah. Right? Bonus action for that extra attack. I, I like that for the for the ranger. You're you're fast and you're using light weapons, and I think it makes a I lot of sense. I think light weapons make sense. The whole that's not a knife type thing yeah. is what I'm imagining yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, your proficiency, of course, starts at 2 and bumps at 5th. Uh, 9th, 13th, and 17th, which is pretty standard. You do get a bunch of spells. They don't kick in until the second level, um, and you don't get cantrips, and you don't get anything above 6th level. So you're kind of, I mean, we don't use the term anymore, but a half-caster, right? Um, you will get access to some spells, but choose them wisely. At 1st level, you get Favorite Enemy. The Favorite Enemy essentially breaks down to this. You can choose Aberrations, Beasts, Celestials, Constructs, dragons, elementals, fey, fiends, giants, monstrosities, oozes, plants, or undead. Or you can choose any two races of humanoid, such as gnolls and orcs, or pre preferably dragonborn and, and gnomes if you're hunting Dan. Elves. <laughs> Always choose elves. Always choose elves and humans. Um, you get advantage on uh, survival checks to track them, as well as on intelligence checks to recall info about them, which I don't think enough DMs play with. No. Yeah. Uh, if you have got a ranger in your group, you need to really cater to what their specialties are. Rangers are very catered towards the explorative pillar of the game. Yeah. And if your DM is not into exploration, it's it's not as fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you, when you gain this, you also get a language of your choice that is spoken by your favorite enemy. So pretty straightforward. Sure. Assuming it does have a language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you're if you are taking uh, literal uh, some version, or if you're taking beasts, you're probably not going to get a language, an additional language, because you only get it if your favorite enemy choose like has it. So if your favorite enemy doesn't have a language, you don't get a language. If it says in the monster manual, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that only because if it says in the monster manual that they understand but can't speak, would you consider that a language? I would consider it common. Oh, okay, so just common then? Yeah, which yeah. everyone has, right? Okay. Um, yeah, so constructs could really be anything as well. A lot of these could really be anything. Mm. You're not going to get a language out of oozes or plants. So uh, Plants, I could see maybe sylvan. Yeah, again, I, I would say for fey, absolutely. Maybe, maybe awakened shrubs. Are those plants? Yes. So, yes, maybe. Um, it depends on, on your interpretation. You get an additional favored enemy as well as an associated language at 6th and 14th level. Um, it says in here that this should reflect the monsters that you've encountered up until this point. I would say that that would be an absolute requirement for me as a DM at a table. Mm -hmm. Saying, choose whatever you want early on. You want to do beasts or plants or whatever, and then you fight a whole shit ton of undead. You want to pick up undead? That makes a lot of sense. 
right? It is also going to get your players to think more tactically about who are the big main bad guys. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like by 14th level, you're picking up one of the humanoids and yeah. it's going to be, uh, whatever that wizard over there is. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> um, there's a little bit of metagaming involved in this and you need to work with your DM, especially for the next thing, which is uh, natural explore, which you also get a first level where you choose Arctic, coast, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, swamp, or the underdark. And you get a whole bunch of stuff that you can do uh, when you do an intelligence or wisdom check related to this area. Uh, your proficiency bonus is doubled uh, if you have proficiency in that. Um, you have, okay, so difficult terrain doesn't slow your group's travel if you've been traveling for an hour or more in your favorite terrain, which is something that people just kind of hand wave. Hand wave, yeah. right? When the chase begins, the difficult terrain still hits, right? It takes a while for everybody to get up to speed. Your group can't become lost except by magical means, which is a little bit insane. Even when uh, you are engaged in another activity while traveling, like foraging, navigating, or tracking, you remain alert to danger. If you are traveling alone, which alert to danger is just not being able to provide the surprised condition, I guess. Sure, yeah. That's how I would rule it. Or maybe giving you advantage on initiative or... Advantage on perception checks, or... It doesn't, it doesn't define it clearly. No, that. it doesn't, right? So what or, do you guys or think? Or gave a straight boon to your passive perception. I like that. That's fantastic. Like, right? give yeah. it, like, a plus five to your passive perception. Yeah, I'd say a plus five to passive perception. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you then you can still be mechanically fair with it. If you're rolling the... If the DM is rolling the enemy stealth check, you can still be mechanically fair with it. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Uh, when you're traveling alone, you move stealthily at normal pace. <laughs> nice. Which is something else that I think a lot of people just hand wave as well. That you... All right, I'm going to sneak. Okay, move your 30 feet. No, 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 you're only moving your 15, right? And so that's important. If you're going to have a ranger in the party and they're picking up this stuff, you have to make sure as a dungeon master that you are imposing the penalties on everyone else so the ranger seems special. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why uh, I think classes like Rogue and Monk and them move as fast as they do innately is because I think the game, when they were designing it, they're taking a little bit of a guess that your character is going to be doing something during their movement that is going to be impeding them. Like either dragging something uh, unconscious that you knocked out with your stunning fist or sneaking across a battlefield or, or something like that, which is hindering your movement. Yeah, I'm picturing rangers and rogues and monks are going up a lot as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I totally get that. Probably yeah. when nobody else wants them to. And it could just them. be sneaking. Yep. Yeah. Right. So... Um, when you forage, you find twice as much food as you normally would. Does anyone ever use that? I think I've done uh, that twice in a campaign. It is a massive thing for uh, Tomb, of Annihilation. Tomb of Annihilation. And I am, in my mind, palace. It's not very big, Dan. It's like a shed. Uh, put it together. <laughs> Doors falling off. Ideas for a campaign. Windows work. broken. Like, I, like I, faded 80s pornographic images all yeah, over, like, oh, taped to the inside of it. It's got Pamela Anderson's all over it. <laughs> yeah. Pamela Anderson's all over it. Um, and a gladiator. <laughs> Crudely painted side, no girls allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put together a campaign in my mind where I want it to be very exploration heavy. And yeah. I'm thinking about those things. Because you're right, because it gets hand waved, nobody cares anymore. and you know. But I think it's great. Um, the other thing that you get is while tracking other creatures, you also learn their exact number, their sizes, and how long ago they passed through the area. Exactly how long ago? Roughly how long ago? It, no... it doesn't say. Yeah. You also get additional favorite terrain types at 6th 
and tense, but it doesn't have the same uh, qualifier that it did for favorite enemies, saying it should be stuff you've already seen. Yeah. I want that to be in there. I want yeah. that to be in there as well. No, I'm usually, I'm actually usually quite rules as written, even though I can be quite creative and more of a creative mind than a, than a, a numbers mind, because I like to, to be very clearly defined for everybody. But in this situation, if you've been Arctic, mountains, and desert, why are you suddenly master at the coast yeah it makes no sense the other thing that i'm missing is there's no marshlands no river there's no riverlands there's no just open sea right there's no underwater and when you've got tritons and sea elves as options if there are underwater campaigns and ghosts of salt marsh shouldn't you have this kind of stuff as well yeah um did we even get no there's not even jungle in this yeah i mean does that just go into Forest. forest. You just go to the closest one. Like I guess swamp is forest. I guess I, again, this takes a little bit of creativity when it comes to um, the DM allowing the stuff and working with the ranger. A ranger really needs to work with the dungeon master. Does is does a tundra count as a desert? Technically, the Arctic is the the biggest desert in the world, or something, right? So yeah. Uh, well, you get Arctic, but you don't get tundra. So right. would tundra go Arctic, or would it go desert, or would it go forest? Because they're often Sparse yeah. forests. What is Canada? <laughs> yeah. yes. Canada should be Canada a, should be on the list. Yeah. Uh, um, so, uh, like the other thing that I like as well is like wastelands that aren't necessarily desert, but are just like that hard pack. Um, you, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's it's not sand dunes. It's it's dry hard pack like Badlands. Yeah, yeah. like uh, whatever Indiana Jones is always in. Right, right. <laughs> just, just badlands, wastelands. Well, especially when you get into Eberron, and it's like the where was that battle that destroyed half the continent, and just nothing grows there anymore. That's not desert. That's wasteland. Mm-hmm. That's badland. That's I, I want that as well as an option. But now we're spreading it so thin that it's really circumstantial. Well, the, the, well that's the problem. When you give a list of like ten things, you're going to start nitpicking the spaces in between. Yeah. Right? And, like, there's no dungeon on here. In previous editions, one of your favorite terrains you could have would be, like, underground caves and dungeons. Yeah. So, I guess that's Underdark? Underdark. Underdark, yeah. maybe? Well, sure. But, but like, uh, crafted... And, again, uh, when does a cave become the Underdark? Yeah, exactly, right? So, like, there, there's a lot of in-between, so... 63 meters. It... It, well, that, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that is true, actually. I mean, yeah, yeah, that, yeah fair enough. Sure, fair. But there, there is... There is... Um, I don't like the fact that there are some things when they list them out, um, it almost breeds rules lawyering in a certain way. Yeah, and I, it's like your DM is sitting there and like you're running through a wasteland and you are playing the desert specialized uh, guy and you go, well, I get my bonus here, and it's, the DM could be like, well, no, technically this is a wasteland and not a desert, and that and that's and, why I say DMs need to work with with the ranger, not yeah, against yeah, the ranger. Yeah. I mean, if you can uh, if you can see the desert, but you're not there yet, because if you're like the desert, it's a uh, half a day away, and you're like looking off the cliff. Yeah, and with, do you get it then, or do you have to be on the mountain or just see the mountain? So yeah, so that three-hour stretch where you're running from the forest to the desert is that grassland? Yeah, right. Like, where, where are we going with this? So the DM has to be forgiving when you have a ranger in the party yeah. wants to do this. I agree with you 100 percent on everything we've listed, from jungles to rivers to open seas and all that stuff. But I would argue that underwater and urban should be their own terrain types. Yep. Yeah. And those should be important that you would be able to get. It's very shocking to me that there is no urban here. Yeah. Um, It's a bit of an oversight, and I guess it's because they're pushing for the natural world more than anything else. But 
rogues are all pickpocket and street urchin and stuff. Could you not have a ranger that was Aladdin? So that, I mean, as much as he's stealing bread and whatnot, he knows the ins and outs of the marketplace. He's got an animal companion. He's got an animal companion. He is is not slowed by difficult terrain, yeah. right? Like, there's a lot that leads into Ranger if he has the urban subclass. And his favorite enemy is, you know, Fat Merchant. Yeah. <laughs> right? So... <laughs> Town guard. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. So where he would have the advantage on insight or, or wisdom or whatever it is, right? Yeah. He's getting he's getting more and more out of this. Yeah, so for sure. I, yeah, I would I definitely... Mean, could, I would do like, Well, for that, that example there, favorite enemy could just be military, you know? Well, you, you're supposed to choose... It would be human, like, yeah. right? So you don't even choose by job or, or qualifier. I guess, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's by race, yeah. so... Um, at uh, so yeah, you get another one at sixth level and tenth level. Um, you also get fighting style at second level. This is one of one of my favorite things about Ranger as well is you get to be really fucking good at something. You can be uh, good at archery, which gives you the plus two bonus to attack rolls. Um, but specifically, uh, only with a ranged weapon, which I assume also hits thrown weapons as well. That's how I would rule it. Uh, defense while you're wearing armor, you get a plus one bonus to AC. Dueling, when you are wielding a melee weapon in one hand and no other weapons, you gain a plus two bonus to damage rolls with that weapon. That does not say shields. So you can have a shield while you are dueling. Yeah, dueling is one of the best tanking fighting styles. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then two-weapon fighting, which you can add your ability modifier to the damage of the second attack. So those are pretty standard. There's some that are missing off the fighter list and the paladin list, but I like these. These suit me for ranger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, You get spellcasting at second level. Um, and first of all, it's wisdom based. Let's just hit this really, really, really quickly. There is a uh, specified ranger spell list. Uh, It's a divine magic. It's not arcane, which is important and something that I always screw up. You get to learn them at a very slow pace throughout your leveling. They're like, for example, between third and fourth level, you do not gain any new spells. Between fifth and sixth level, you don't either. This is really an afterthought. So, uh, when you gain a level in this class, you can choose one of the ranger spells uh, that you know and replace it with another spell, which is super helpful, but it means that you can do this very infrequently. This is not spells known and stuff like a wizard has, or a cleric, where you're choosing during rests. This is something that you have to consistently... Dan, you look all confused. No, 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 I'm good. Okay. Um, This is something that you have to really think about ahead of time, because you're married to this until you get permission to change it up the next time. Yeah. Uh, you also get your uh, Ranger archetypes um, at uh, third level, seventh, uh, 11th, and 15th, which we're going to get into later. These are your special subclass features. Uh, you get primeval awareness. Beginning at third level, you can use your action to expend one Ranger spell slot to focus on your awareness on the region around you, which means that for a minute, per level of the spell slot that you expend, uh, or up to one mile uh, or within six miles if you're in your favorite terrain, you can sense aberrations, celestials, dragons, elementals, fae, fiends, and undead. If my favorite enemy is beast and I'm in my favorite terrain, why can I not sense where the beasts are? Yeah, that makes no sense. That you think that would be the easiest one to track for a ranger? Yeah, yeah and so it 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 doesn't suit. It's the primeval awareness. It's you magically ex, you are expending a spell slot to magically become aware of magical creatures around you. 
This doesn't track for me. I like that better for Sorcerer or Warlock. Yeah. Even Druid, Well, right? I'm just imagining the campground. Hey, can you find us a deer? All right, it's going to take me a few minutes to try and track some uh, some tracks here. By the way, there's a dragon three miles over there. We'll worry about that later. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. It's one doesn't it doesn't stack with yeah. with uh, with the class so much. It feels a little uneven. It does. Um when you reach 4th, 8th, 12th, 16th, and 19th, you get an ability score improvement and or a feat if you're playing with the variant. Uh, at 5th level, you get an extra attack, which means you get to hit twice. At 8th level, you get land stride, which means you are moving through non-magical, difficult terrain, um, and it costs you no extra movement. So if it's if it's magical, uh, and if it is... Um, or sorry, just if it's magical, then it can slow you down, but that's it. So I guess entangle still hits you. Right. Right, um, but you do have advantage on um, beating the entanglement or any other magical spell. Yeah, you get saving throws against plants that are magically created or manipulated to impede movement, such as those specifically by entanglement. Yeah, right. So you're not just shrugging it off; you have to roll for it, um, but you have a bonus to it. A lot of this is movement, right? We're yeah. we're seeing a lot of that with the ranger, and it's. As much as it's one of the um, parts of, of initiative that we're always dealing with, that we're always moving, it's always an afterthought, right? And, and it's just, unfortunately, depend for how most games are played, just not as exciting. I think it can be made exciting, but I remember when we would play um, in our group and we had uh, Araneth, our Wood Elf Ranger. Yeah. Fantastically powerful character and helping us get to places quickly and often unseen. But it becomes an afterthought because it's not the big explosive damage doing spells. It's not the sneaky peeky sneaking in and stealing the MacGuffin off the enemy. And so she would get us there faster. And we're like, thanks, Araneth. Okay, next scene. Like, yeah. oh, it's a uh, thankless job. It really is. It's it's great while you're between um, locations. Yeah. But then you get there and the ranger falls apart from the movement. Because you're not getting your dash, disengage, or hide. Right, that the rogue gets. You're not Which getting. Which is weird. There's so much here about movement, and you don't get a dash. Yep, and oh well, the the bonus action dash, right? Yeah. But uh, and you don't get the crazy monk bullshit of yeah. of all of their nonsense of vertical walls and stuff. You'd think that you'd be fleet of foot enough with trees and uh, everything. Whatever cliffs, yeah. Everything about this is dex based, except when you look at the in initiative part of it, right? Where it encourages you to go back to strength. So it's very strange for that. Um, you also get uh, hide in plain sight starting at 10th level. <laughs> you have to spend a minute to essentially smear your face with all of the nonsense that's around. And then you get a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks as long as you don't move and don't take actions. Once you move or take an action or a reaction, you got to camouflage yourself again for a minute to, to get this bonus to your stealth. This so you is better useless. Hope, you better hope that when you see an enemy, they're a minute away. Uh, oh, and also that you buy yourself because nobody else can do this. So doesn't this feel like a rogue thing where you just cover yourself in a, in like black pitch and then and so you are like get it? It's very predator. I get it because I spent six years of my life doing this bullshit, and I understand why it might be rogue. But honestly, is this going to come up that much in a game? To the point uh, where it's I, well, no, what will happen is you'll have the one player who's not reading his abilities well enough who will say, "Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, I, I would like to roll the hide." Well, you're in the middle of opening. But on my character sheet, it says I have hide in plain sight. That says I could hide in plain sight. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's, it's 
It's another one of those instances where this class seems to almost encourage fights between DMs and players. And I think it can be argued too much. The dragon's going, I can still smell you, dick. <coughs> yeah. I, I know where you are. Well, the, I'm a the, dragon. The other qualifier in this is you have to be pressed up against something that is bigger than you that is a vertical surface. The dragon. <laughs> if I'm pressed up against the dragon and I have covered myself in, in mud, the dragon can't see me. As long as I don't move or do anything. Just laid on its back. Inter- interestingly enough, you still get your interaction, so you can sit there and go, Guys, no one can see me! <laughs> is he looking? He's looking at me right now, isn't he? So, like, this one, this, is, this feels fucking useless to me. <laughs> the next one feels out of place, too. Uh, starting at 14th level, you can use the hide action as a bonus action on your turn. You still don't get your dash, but sure, okay, you get to hide. I mean, hide in plain sight was the last thing we just got, but sure, let's do this. Also, you can't be tracked by non-magical means unless you choose to leave a trail. Okay, look. Everybody else can, though. Uh, By the time that you are 14th level, every one of my enemies has the ability to scry. It does not fucking matter at 14th level if you can cover the dust in the ground from, from where your party just moved. Yeah. That is bullshit. And... Is that for everyone or just the ring? You can't be tracked. The barbarian is still, like, dragging his axe through the mud over exactly. there. And the paladin is leaving big-ass heavy boot prints, right? So it doesn't matter. Oh, look, the party of three went that way. Weren't the four of them? Who gives a fuck? Let's go. Yeah, Hold on, I'll scry. Yeah, there are four of them. Yeah, that one's walking really lightly in elf slippers. Let's go. <laughs> a fucking cabbage slip is over there. And he slipped through the net. <laughs> so... Again, Vanish just, just seems weird and useless and out of place here. Uh, feral Senses. you get a, uh, At 18th level, you get a, a preternatural senses that help you fight creatures that you can't see. When you attack a creature you can't see, your inability to see it doesn't impose disadvantage on your attack rolls. Also, you are aware of any invisible creature within 30 feet of you, provided the creature isn't hidden from you, and you aren't blinded or deafened. So if they're invisible, but they're not... Deliberately hiding. So, yeah, if they're just, like, walking around invisible, which, first of all, why? Second of all... Because <laughs> if you could, you would. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, only creatures, right? So this doesn't include, like, invisible shit. You're not checking out the the wind patterns through here to determine that, wait a minute, there's an invisible chest over in the corner. Right. Oh, no, this is a predator moment where you see a shimmer off to the side. Yeah, yeah and, and you have to be able to see or hear... Okay, sure, that tracks. But 18th level, no one is doing this invisibility shit anymore at 18th level. They're right? using their spell slots for a greater fireball. Exactly. Like, there's... Congratulations, you found the closet. Yeah. Right? Is this is this what we give a shit about at, at 18th level? Even the evil wizard. Oh, shit, you saw me time stop. Yeah. Like, <laughs> excuse me, I opened this gate. Yeah. Fuck, right? Like... <laughs> I, there's so much I wish so he didn't see me oh okay, yeah. that's fixed um, foe slayer at 20th level you become an unparalleled hunter of your enemies once on each of your turns you can add a wisdom modifier to an attack roll on the damage roll uh, or the damage roll uh, of an attack that you make against one of your favorite enemies so again only these guys over here you can add your wisdom modifier once to one of these rolls You've got, at this point, probably two or three attacks, depending on your two-weapon fighting and all that nonsense. So you've got two or three attacks, and you can choose once out of six different rolls, one to add a Wisdom modifier. You probably still have Dex, Strength, and Con as your highest 
abilities. So Wisdom's coming in third or fourth. So it's going to be a plus two or plus three at 20th level for a capstone. This is this is weak. This is weak. The only the only thing that benefits from this is you can choose this feature before or after the roll, but any effects of the roll, um, or but before any of the effects are applied, which means that much like a smite, you can choose to apply it. Mm-hmm. You're not burning it, but you're doing that for smites at level what two two. So look, feral senses should have been at level ten instead of hide in plain sight. Foe Slayer should have been at level 14 instead of Vanish. We should have gotten rid of Hide in Plain Sight and Vanish. And we should get some more really cool badass stuff that we can do. Rangers should be climbing on on huge creatures. I want to see that kind of mechanic. Yeah. Right? I want to see um I want to see them be really good at swimming. I want to see them like disarm people with their bow and arrow. Yeah. Right. And be really good at like combat maneuvers and stuff like that. And so yeah. you can take feats in that, but you're giving up your ability score improvement. There's it is a complaint, a constant complaint, and one Wizards verified that said the Ranger is by far, by far, the weakest class in the player's handbook. That being said, they're not entirely useless, right? They're fun if you can work with a Dungeon Master towards the exploration side of it. I feel like Bards in previous editions were role play, role play, role play, and then combat hits, and you sit there pulling your pud in the corner waiting for combat to be over, right? I'm going to play my loot while everybody else does stuff. What are you doing? It's round two. What are you doing? Still playing my loot. Yeah. Right? Is it a class? Is it a class I put to you? Is it a class that maybe a more experienced player would play at a table full of noobs where they're not, they're not going to critically alter the tide of the game, but they can play a support character and kind of like a guide, essentially. Well, <laughs> that is that is funny ex- enough. That, that is exactly what I did, and I had a shit ton of fun doing it. Okay. In I, I also would like to contend. I am fairly certain that the one of the reasons why the uh, base class itself is weak on some ends is because the archetypes themselves are fairly powerful. They can be, yeah. Um, but again. <sighs> We ran, we ran into this problem with the rogue as, as well when yeah. we talked about that, where uh, I wanted there to be more out of the base and, and less out of the subclasses. The subclasses should be an afterthought. Your your class should be that thing that really... Yeah. Like, I, I don't your, know. your class is the meat and potatoes. Your subclass is the flavoring. It's the spices. It's yeah. the salt and pepper. Yeah. So I guess that's how 5th Ed has been designed then. So that the subclass, there's a big difference between thief and assassin. And that this is just, it it has turned the class into the plate yep. that the meal is served upon, right? And it still feels really weird to me coming from, from third edition. Like I was saying, the bard was really useless in combat before. And I feel like they got beef for fifth edition. Yeah. I feel like the ranger was exploratory before and is still exploratory. And we're not putting enough emphasis on exploration anymore. Yeah. Cool. So... Anyway, uh, do you guys have anything else that you want to say about the base, the base class? <clears throat> I, I thoroughly enjoy Rangers. I really do. But from past editions, the fifth edition Ranger bothers me just because of all of the like little gaps of description so that are there. It's vague in some areas. It, it, it is unnecessarily specific in some areas. And when you're unnecessarily specific in some areas, you generate ambiguity in others and it it bothers me and this is like the worst class in the book for it right uh there's no reason why you can't just be like here's the skeletal structure to how to pick a favorite terrain or a favorite enemy go from there yeah i also don't like 
Previous editions, favorite enemy gave you something more than just advantage on checks. Yeah, you had bonuses to damage or to hit or whatever it was. Yeah, or you both. Know, you know, yeah, or weak both. points. And that's missing. You're not you're not strategic with this the no. same way that. And like you you look at uh, you look at rogues with their sneak attack dice. You look at uh, monks with monks. the ability to stun you just by pressure points. Yeah, and yeah. and this is just a weaker fighter that can do some really weird stuff up to and including fighting with the DM. I think there should be. Uh, I think they should lean in more to their survival skills. I think you should be able to do stuff with poisonous plants, whether it be to adapt to your weapons. Yes. I think you should be able to use mushroom, identify properties of mushrooms, and what I would do. I would be okay if they took away the spell casting on this and gave them some sort of like alchemy. Yeah, alchemy instead. I think I agree. Herbalism. I wouldn't herbalism. call it alchemy. Yeah, I'd call it herbalism. Although alchemy could work too, yeah. depending on what you're doing. Um, here's the the other thing. The favorite enemy, guys. That's weak, right? You're not as much as you're talking about. You're not getting the bonuses to them. How often are you seeing your favorite enemy that's not a humanoid, mm-hmm. right? Who is picking favorite enemy ooze? Oh, you have to talk to your DM and be like, "How often are oozes showing up?" Oh, three times. Oh, but I'll not. But you've got to have a lot of faith in your DM as well because there are there are those DMs out there. What's your favorite enemy? Ooze, and that DM goes, "You'll never see one of those now." They just, they just won't give the, it to the, you. This is what I'm saying. The ranger has to have a direct conduit to the DM yeah. to discuss this thing. So the last thing that I want to talk about before we move on to the commercial is uh, the ranger-only spells. So there's a surprising amount of them. And remember, guys, you are given four different options for uh, fighting style. Archery, defense, dueling, and two-weapon fighting. You can have two short swords or two simple melee weapons. This is really geared towards not just being an archer anymore. But now listen to the to the spells that they get. Sure. Conjure Barrage. Conjure Volley. Cordon of Arrows. Ensnaring Strike. Hail of Thorns. Hunter's Mark. Lightning Arrow. Swift Quiver. And Zephyr Strike. So you get one fighting style that's archery. Yeah, <laughs> that's it, right? You're an archer. You get to choose from archery, and that's it. Zephyr Strike doesn't necessarily need... Uh, Archery to remind me what no, Hunter Strike, Hunter Strike, uh, Hunter's Mark, neither. But like, you get things like all these quiver ones and all these like hail of arrows. Like, really? Zephyr Strike was my favorite thing to do because um, you are super fast. It's concentration, it's up to a minute. It's a bonus action to cast, like Hunter's Mark is. Um, and until the spell ends, you your movement doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity. Hmm. Once before the spell ends, you can give yourself advantage on one weapon attack roll on your turn. So. On your turn, you can do this once. That attack deals 1d8 force damage on a hit. Which From the Zephyr. Zephyr is a On top freeze. of weapon damage. <laughs> on top of weapon damage. But remember, that 1d8 force damage, nothing is immune to force. And I think there's like three things that can... Yeah, yeah. That are I, just, I just see Zephyr Strike, like a wand of Zephyr Strike or a scroll of Zephyr Strike is a rogue's best friend. The other thing is, whether you hit or miss... Your walking speed increases by 30 feet until the end of that turn. Nice. So, um, I like the fact that it's concentration up to a minute. That only does um, that D8 force damage the first time that you hit. But every time you hit after that, during that, you are moving so much faster. Yeah. So What level is Zephyr Strike, Adam? Oh, level he one. Leadingly. Yeah, it's, it is the most powerful level one spell. Wow, yeah. Ah, <sighs> For combat, it is the most tactically powerful that, level but one that, spell. But that one d eight only lasts, only hits once. Hunter's but, Mark hunt hits every round. Yeah, but 
uh, you only get the hunt the 1d8 once for the entire spell or once per round? I think it's once per round. You know, let me read it to you again. Um, uh, once, before the spell ends, you can give yourself advantage on one weapon attack roll on your turn. That attack deals an extra 1d8 force damage on a hit. Okay, I get that. Yeah, I take I take back the most powerful. I thought that was every single turn you get that. No, the most powerful is still Magic Missile. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So, um, that, my opinion, fight me, Internet. So, uh, let's cut to... They won't. They'll just write a comment too long to read. <laughs> Are you interested in advertising or becoming a sponsor on our show? Email us at info at itsamimic.com. Okay, guys, I want to get into the subclasses now. Um, there are two in the player's handbook, and uh, and then I've got something a little bit different. Uh, so why don't you guys actually roll dice for this one? Because you guys will have um, the subclasses that you chose out of the player's handbook. And I'm just going to hold my action anyway, so so I'll just choose to go last on this one. Teddy? Which one was mine? The Yours dark is, one. It, it helps to look at your dice before Oh, you the throw. Sith one. Yeah. 16. What did you get? I got a 14. Oh, I'm going first. Splendid. <laughs> oh, splendid. Hey, this is why I like Beastmaster, and I'll go through the various uh, the various parts. Because you're a fan of live-action 90s TV shows? Like Hercules and Xena Warrior Princess? Or Beastmaster, yes. Beastmaster was a show. Was it? Yeah. It was fantastic. No, it was not. I fucking loved it. It was, a, it was the precursor to the Xenas and the Hercules. What was Beastmaster about? A, a guy who... Could control could beasts animals. and talk yeah. to animals. Huh. He was it's like ant- a Tarzan ripoff. No, he was Ant Man for more than just ants. He could do it for every animal. Oh, that really? Was, yeah, that was it. Can also, ant- he couldn't shrink, but that's. Can Ant Man talk to ants? Uh, uh, telepathically. Telepath. Well, kind of. You, I think in the movie, isn't the movie it's pheromones or something? Yeah. It's, oh. Uh, anyway, I just remember Evangeline Lilly. That's all I paid attention to. Okay, Beast. Ma- no, Evangeline Lilly. She's my number two in the world. Yeah, we've had this discussion. So, Beastmaster. Um, the way I'll talk about Beastmaster later on before I go through the, the, the character itself here is I think this is your time to move away from the archer, hunter type ranger. And uh, and you can embrace more of a melee type, a dirtier kind of ranger. I'm not thinking clean cut elf with this one. Um, but for Beastmaster, uh, let's go through the character abilities. And so third level, uh, you gain your beast companion that accompanies you on your adventures and is trained to fight alongside you. Okay, so you can choose a beast that's no larger than medium and has a challenge rating of a quarter or lower. That's one fourth, as they say in America, frustratingly. Add your proficiency to the beast AC, <laughs> attack rolls and damage rolls, as well as to any saving throws or skills that you are proficient in. Its hit point maximum equals the hit point number in its stat block or four times your ranger level, whichever is higher. Like any creature it can spend hit dice during a short rest or regain hit points to regain hit points the beast obeys your commands as best it can it takes its turn on your initiative though it doesn't take an action unless you command it to on your turn you can verbally command the beast um, where to move no action is required by you you can use your action to verbally command it to take the attack dash disengage dodge or help action once you have the extra attack all right hold on hold on hold on sure the help action right it's not helping me tie fucking knots. Oh, no. And it says uh, as best uh, it depends it on the creature. It says to do something as best it can. Name right? the creature that's going to help me tie knots. Okay. Maboon. Okay. Both of those will untie knots, hands down. But I'm telling you right now. If not- Coco the Gorilla could tell us that we need to save the environment, freaking Bubbles the Chimpanzee could help me tie Whoa. knots. And don't tell me that Bubbles the Chimpanzee didn't know how to tie a knot or two. He's also dead, but whatever. Uh, raccoon. Untie knots, yes. 
Tie knots, no. There's got to be something. Crows. Gnome. Gnome? Wait. <laughs> Beast. Beast. Well, they're not like people. Some gnomes are pretty beastly. Nope. Yeah, but they're not like people. They're like real people. I'm done with both of you. <laughs> okay. Once you have the extra attack feature, you can make one weapon attack yourself and when you command the beast to take the attack action. If you are incapacitated or absent, the beast acts on its own, focusing on protecting you and itself. The beast never requires your command to use its reaction, such as when making an opportunity attack. While traveling through your favorite terrain with only the beast, you can move stealthily at a normal pace. If the beast dies, you obtain a new companion by spending eight hours magically bonding with a beast that isn't hostile to you and meets the requirements. Fuck, why did you make me read the longest one? Why didn't you do the, the freaking prep work and not have to read it out loud? Because I'm not going to remember all of that. <laughs> you get a pet. It does stuff. Yeah, there's rules to it. Yeah, yeah. Edit all that out, Dan. <laughs> if you choose a beast. Adam's medium. editing this one, not me. Adam, edit this out. Medium or bigger. It does stuff. Has to be realistic. Points to note. Raccoons can tie knots. Yes. <laughs> Exceptional training, beginning at 7th level. On any of your turns, when your beast companion doesn't attack, you can use a bonus action to come I can't say bonus action without slurring. Uh, I'm also white girl drunk. The beast to take the dash, disengage, dodge, or help action on its turn. I gotta and say, I say hate the fact drunk. that you are sacrificing your attack action to let your pet do things. I hate this. There might be a time when it needs to happen, though. It depends on what your pet is. What 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 are yeah, the qualifications it, for it? Uh, challenge rate of a quarter or less. Okay, well, just be a druid so you can do one or the other and better. Bruh, how come a black bear is a medium-sized creature as well? Now, some, something we didn't mention in the podcast earlier. Adam was late to recording tonight because there was a bear next to his car. <laughs> Directly, like, in front of my car and he was just sitting there eating garbage from the main Now, this garbage. is Canada problems and obviously maybe in some parts of the US and our uh, listeners I feel like this is a Russian problem, too. They don't, yeah, but they don't <laughs> understand bear because bears are made out to be, oh, cuddly teddy bears. They're on, like, pop bottles and stuff like that. That's soda, America. But they're... Fucking killing machines, and we just have them walking around our town all the time. Like it's I would nothing. like to contend that the, it's a problem in Norway as well, but they're too drunk to notice, so they'll just walk to their car. And the, bears the, are? The, the, the bears, no, the Norwegians, no, the bears are, are running from the death metal. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> they like that in Sweden as well. I wonder not that we should the just death do, metal. Yeah, we should just, yeah, 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 not yeah. that we should just assume that Norway, Sweden, and Denmark. Iceland. They got a lot to celebrate about, so I'm 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 on board with them being drunk. They got a lot to celebrate. Well, we have a lot of Swedish fans, so we'll ask them. Do you have bears in Sweden? I wonder. And Uh, and if so, do you party or run away from them? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bestial fury. Is it bestial or bestial? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Starting at eleventh level, when you command your beast companions to take the attack action, the beast can make two attacks, or it can take the multi-attack action if it has that action. Sure. Sure. I don't give a shit. You have, at any given point with a ranger, you have two attacks. Okay, my my concern is here, we're already at 11th level, and we haven't got excited about anything yet, so... I've just gotten mad about things. I like having animal companions and familiars and those kind of things in my games. Eidolons for Pathfinder and stuff. I've lo- always loved having these things in my games. I, I cannot stand this edition of animal companions. I just can't. Yeah. It's like, tone for tone, they just... they. Are reinforcing the fact that they're uh, DM fodder. Yeah. 
Um, share spells. Beginning at 15th level, when you cast a spell target in yourself, you can also affect your beast companion with a spell um, within 30 feet of you. Okay. That should, be, that should be third level. That should be the first thing level. you get. Oh, I also cure mittens. All right, brah. Sure. He's got 15 hit points. I'm not worried. Like, If you call me a bra one more time, we're going to have issues. <laughs> I'm just throwing That's all he wants. Uh, he's just trying to tell you to lift and separate. Uh, so, that's aggressive. <laughs> it was aggressive. Dan... We're nice to each other on this podcast. Okay. Since fucking when? No, no, we no, 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 no. have two episodes. No, 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 no. no. Title we... one right after each other. More bullying, Dan. It was, this... just, it was just one episode. Yeah, and you would know that if you paid attention. And it said, "This is why we bully." It you. said, "More bullywugs, Dan." But you didn't read it because that's like you. You don't care and you don't pay attention. Uh, this says rogue, so that means I'm done. <laughs> But that's it. You flip the page expecting there to be more. And, more. There, and, and there's there nothing. You get less than a half of a page there on wasn't. Beastmaster. And it's just nonsense about the beast that you can choose not being able to do shit. Yeah. Right? That uh, You get further ahead by just gifting a pet and letting it do its own yeah. thing on initiative. I played an arcane trickster rogue with a dog. Yeah. And I feel like I was essentially just doing this shit anyway. Okay, we didn't share spells. Whatever. She would have died real quick anyway. But I commanded her to do things all the time. And you were like, yes, she understands you. You're her owner. She can yeah. bite, sick of... For your interaction, you did what, occasionally animal handling if you had to convince her. Yeah. But, I mean... Like if she was scared. Do you remember in 3.5 there were tricks you could teach your animal companions yeah. and shit? And there was... You, every time, every once in a while when you were leveling, you would get the ability to do some other command yeah. to get them to do well, things. Well, when I was I, a fighter, I, I used to send my, uh, uh, my hawk off to deliver messages. Yeah. Go! And, you know, that's ranger shit. Honestly, if you're going to have a beast, every single class in the game should be able to train a pet and have a pet whatever, right? It should be, you should be able to have some sort of pet just with the animal handling skill. You train a pet that you could do and go run, like, sure, a, a, like pet, a, sure. a standard mundane pet. I think that for the a companion, it should it needs to be for druids and rangers. It needs to be for druids, uh, druids and rangers. It needs to go above a quarter CR. It needs to scale, and it needs to be magical as shit. There needs to be something that balances this with your fucking assassins. I know. I, I don't need it to be magical because that's what a familiar is for. And I'm fine with it being that. I just want it to be... A higher level of training. A higher level... That's exactly it. I want it to just have a slightly higher level of intelligence. It's like police dog versus regular domestic dog. Yeah, versus chihuahua in a purse, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, there's a difference here. Yeah. yeah. One is a pet, one is a trained animal companion yeah. that moves with you and is tactical with you. And Exactly. I, like, 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 animal companions should always get pack tactics. Exactly, and I'm a really big fan of animals and circuses, and this... but Dan, no? No, no, I'm with you. Okay. I was... Honestly, that was a lie. I just wanted to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I just wanted to say something that you didn't And it like. turns out that you're just a horrible person. Yeah. And you believe yeah, in especially, especially the bears, yeah. Yeah. If you whip them, they'll do what you want them to do. Though. Uh, yeah. Are, we, are, we, are we still talking about animals and circuses, or are we talking about your love life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and that's it for me, guys. Any other thoughts on Beastmaster? I don't know where to go from this. You have... Have animal does stuff, not enough stuff. Okay, if I can be honest, because the ranger is so weak at late levels, like what I was saying before with the um, their 10th and, and 14th level stuff is just nonsense. Their 18th and 20th is way too late. Everybody else is blasting their mega level spells and doing 16 You're attacks. You're cross-classing into other things. The only reason that you are doing Beastmaster at all is because you really, really, really like puppies. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and but by the time if you've gone if you've committed yourself to the ranger for so long and then you're going to multi-class into something else, you're getting to 18th level and going, "Oh yeah, but I'll also do hex." Like it's I feel like Beastmaster is the noob subclass when you want to do archery and you really like animals and you're not blown away by the title Colossus Slayer. Yeah. Right? That's in Hunter and you're like, "Eh, I'm I'm really happy with all of my archery stuff and my spells and whatnot. I, I want an animal too." And I think that I think new players get caught in Beastmaster, yeah. The same way that new players get caught in Champion, right? Yeah. And and Thief, these things are good enough, I guess, but they're not. They're but they lean into those the classic tropes, which is what the new players and I know from being a new player, it's what they're attracted to because it's yep. finally they get the chance to be Legolas or Aragorn or Wolverine or yep. whatever. Um, and it makes sense. I think it is 100% a class for new players. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree. The only thing that I would say for Beastmaster that I would change up a little bit is, I mean, we talked about it should be higher levels and there should be some better training and so on and so forth. But, but try this out. What if you could expand it to include your favorite enemies list? Yeah. But honestly, what I would do is I would add all three of all four of these little class features should be your third level feature. But, but yeah, okay. And then at seventh level, you get basically expertise where you're doubling your proficiency modifier to all of the things that they get. At uh, 11th level, um, you are, they are now able to take their own full attack action on a turn oh, and yeah. aren't taking yours I, no, 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 from I, you. I would just have them be, I'd run their own thing in initiative, but at 11th level, give them a feat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's badass. Why can't a wolf have Sentinel? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. I, I think that this class, this subclass should lean in more to you becoming more bestial. I think you should start to become like Sabretooth. Well, yeah, now you're just a druid, right? That's your wild shape nonsense. Maybe, but we see this blur between classes anyway. But I mean, something more interesting. I think, you know, you should be ha- using primal savagery at this point. You, I, you're I, living with the animals. Yeah, I also like the idea of if your favorite enemy is Fae, and you know all the stuff about Fae, why would you not be able to get a sprite as a companion? We should remove the word animal off of this. Yeah. And, and say natural companion, maybe. Yeah. So that when you, uh, when it's fiends, you have convinced a quasit or an imp to back you up on stuff. Yeah. Right? I think that's way more interesting and, and opens you up for a ranger. I would also like to see maybe uh, you'd have to do something with the action economy, but maybe 15th level you're getting multiple. Because right now this is, you get one. You get one. I want to run that ranger that has a pack of dogs. Yeah. My problem with that is that it slows the whole damn game down. Yeah, you'd have to figure out how to work it and do it maybe, well. Maybe, but I would say but I would say up to three. Up I mean, to three, I can yeah. imagine the Arctic Ranger here with his sled dogs. You know? Uh, yes, that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, I'm also... <sighs> Why not swarms? Yeah. Exactly. That that gives me already gives me inspiration for character ideas there. Right? Yeah. Like, there's so much more that we could have done with Beastmaster. And again, because you're so dependent upon the Dungeon Master... When you're doing this, I think that you need to turn to the DM and say, look, I'm really interested in this. Here are some of my ideas. It's not rules as written. What do you think? Because any one of these suggestions that we've said 
breathes new life into this subclass yeah. and makes this really attractive to me. And, and, and this is 100% a thing you talk to your DM during a session zero, not when you're 20 sessions into the game and then you realize, oh, right, I am now level 11 and this kind of sucks. Yeah. And even still, like we're saying there, we're like, I'm in an iron over whether or not we can do multiple beasts. If you can have, say, three wolves, is that even going to make that much difference with level 19, At level 20? 15? When you're fighting Tiamat or Vecna, your, your final boss, does it matter if you've got three dogs? You know, it's... it's it does when, you, when you've got advantage because of pack tactics. Yeah. Right? It does when, you're, when you've got um, distract as a command that you can give. But these aren't options that exist yeah. naturally, right? Yeah. So, Well, to be completely honest, it feels like they wrote the subclasses of this going, okay, we really want to do Hunter, but we're going to need to do Beastmaster. So let's throw together the Beastmaster, and then let's focus on Hunter. You, you Honestly, I think that they wrote Fighter, Rogue, and Ranger first. And use that as, as the base litmus for everything else. And they built because every other class is more powerful. So these are the ones that I feel got Beastmaster and Battlemaster. You got Thief and Assassin. These are all the standard shit that we've seen before that are kind of no-brainer things that that, um, that are not as powerful as they look like they are on paper. Yeah. Right? I, I, I really like the Assassin. I really like the Battlemaster. But there's a lot of asterisks asterisks in there right yeah there, so there is so i feel like this is where they started and and i'll talk about that a little bit more on my turn dan yeah. what, what do we got so um i was trying to do a clever segue into hunter because i got hunter um Yay. which is the second well the first of the archetypes that you can get from the player's handbook um at third level um your hunter by the way is your um he is your bounty hunter. He's your guy going out into the wilderness to find a foe and bring it back or to defend some far off place outside on the on the very edges of civilization. That's who your hunter is. So at third level, you get Hunter's Prey where you get to choose one of three features. Colossus Slayer, Giant Killer, or Horde Breaker. Colossus Slayer lets you... I'm sorry, Horde Breaker? Horde. With a D? Horde Breaker. Okay. Yes. Um... Basically, what you get to do is you get to add a one one d eight to your damage um, whenever you hit a creature with a weapon attack, um, only once a turn, and only if they are below their maximum hit points. On you get with giant killer whenever you're fighting a larger, larger creature within five feet of you, and they miss an attack on you, um, you can use your reaction to immediately get a free stab at that creature, uh, provided that you could see them. So I have a feeling this, in conjunction with things like feral senses, would work itself out. Oh, sure. By 18th level. Yeah. Um, and then you get to choose. This is still your third level ability. Um, get to choose to do Horde Breaker, uh, which is ridiculously powerful. On each one of your turns, once a turn, when you take the attack action, um, and uh, you don't have to hit, you if you miss, it doesn't matter. When you take an attack action, you could take another attack with the same weapon against a different creature that is within five feet. At seventh level, you get defensive tactic. Defensive tactics. I feel like this is just built for you, Dan. This is why you took the hunter, why you chose it, because you have defensive tactics. Uh, no, those are just defensive coping mechanisms. Oh, is that what that yeah, is? Yeah, okay. yeah, that's, that's what those are. Uh, so, again, you get to choose one of three uh, features. You could either escape the horde, where opportunity attacks are at disadvantage against you. Um, you could take multi-attack defense whenever you are 
hit with an attack, you have plus four AC against all subsequent attacks made by did you say that subsequent. <laughs> you did say subsequent. Yes, subsequent. I didn't want subsequent. to jump in. I didn't want to jump in because you guys always correct me on how to speak. Wrong. I correct you and then you correct me yeah. on how to speak. But you did say subsequent. It's still a word. It's still a pronunciation of that. Well, nope. it's pronounced subsequent, but <laughs> subsequent. Adam, isn't it pronounced subsequent? Subsequent. <laughs> yeah, subsequent. Yeah. Um, and then me, your third man. version is still will. Yeah, there are three or four in a row. You get subsequent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, your third one here is Steel Will, where you have advantage Sorry, on... Steel Will? Steel Will. <laughs> I'm, done, I'm done giving you shit. You do your thing. Um, where you have advantage on uh, saving throws versus getting frightened. Um, at 11th level, you get multi-attack. Unfortunately, it's not what you think it is. It is not the multi-attack from monsters. It is your own special breed of multi-attack. You can either take Volley, where you use your action to make a ranged attack against any number of creatures that you can see within 10 feet of you. Or sorry, within 10 feet of a point you can see within your weapon's range. You can now make a separate attack against each of those creatures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can also choose uh, the whirlwind attack, which you can use your action to make a melee attack against any number of creatures within five feet of you. You just spin around and get hit everyone around you. Sure. Love it. At 15th level, you get superior hunter's defense. Um, where you get to choose one of three more features. There's lots of uh, choice here. Yeah, I feel like these all could have been separate subclasses. Kinda, yeah. Um, so at 15th level, you could either have evasion, where you get evasion. If you are... Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, it's the same evasion as in everything else. It is the same evasion but as everything else. But for those but of you for those that don't who know don't it, know... Same uh, evasion, roll, everyone else gets it. You roll a dexterity save. If you succeed, you don't take any damage from an uh, area of effect... Dexterity save uh, effect. If you fail, you take half damage. How many classes is that? Oh, gets evasion. Three. Okay. Well, monk and rogue for sure. Monk, rogue, monk, and rogue, this. ranger. I don't think fighter. Yeah, no one. There else may be it. a subclass that gets a it bard. somewhere. I think there's a subclass of bard that might get maybe, it. Maybe, yeah. maybe sword. Yeah, that sounds about right. College, college, college of swords. swords. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Why not? You could stand against the tide. Whenever a hostile creature misses you with an attack spell. Or an attack, a melee attack misses you with a melee attack. You can use your reaction to force it to make the same attack against another creature of your choice. So essentially, the way that this flavor is, I duck. I'm going to make you see if you hit the guy beside you. Yeah. the The, the way I like to see this is uh, the opening scene of Thor two when they're on Vanaheim. That's the one that I'm trying to forget existed. Okay. When they're on Vanaheim. You see each of the warriors three in their own little different fire uh, fighting styles, um, and you get to Balder, who's played by uh, Zachary. Get to the point, Dan. Anyways, no. uh, he is running around with his little rapier, and his most of his attacks are just redirecting the foes next to him into stabbing things beside him, and he's just using almost like Aikido level things to just redirect the force of the attack into their friend beside um, Balder, and that's that's. I, I saw Thor 2 recently. That's why it's fresh in my mind. Um, the next one you get is at 15th level, you can have Uncanny Dodge. Oh my goodness. At 15th for, for level. For those that don't know what it is. Um, for those who don't know that it, what it is, is if an when an attacker that you can see hits you with an attack, you could use your reaction to take half damage. You can't get both Uncanny Dodge and Evasion? Nope. So you're just like, like a third as good as a rogue? At 15th level. Fuck me. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I like about Hunter. It's 
highly customizable. Yep. And no two hunters are going to be the same, right? By the time that you put on your background and your racial features as well on this, I like the hunter for the fact that no two rangers are really going to feel the same in combat. Yeah. And it doesn't suffer from totem warrior barbarianism where everyone is a bear totem. Yeah. And that's uh, all of these options feel equal, um, equally important. Yeah, I, I could really make an argument for any one of them. Uh, you're right; that shit comes late, mm-hmm. but I can still make an argument for them. Especially like the second half. Why does anybody take Ranger above level twelve? Yeah, and the fact that this comes so late at this point, I'm probably choosing Evasion instead of Uncanny Dodge. Yep, because there's a lot of breath weapons and area of effects happening at that yeah, point. Yeah, like how much melee is going on at that point. Yeah, I like the idea of of making that guy attack the guy beside me instead. Yeah. But my problem with that is how many hordes are you fighting? I mean, all of your horde stuff is probably tier one and tier two. That seems so that seems so fighterish though, as well. It does. Well, I mean, it's Strider versus Aragorn, right? Yeah. Like one is a ranger, one is a fighter. Yes. Dan just rolled his eyes, but I mean, one is specifically Lord, like Fellowship of the Rings. He's a ranger. Return of the King. He's a he's fighter. a fighter. Yeah. No, we've had this discussion. So, okay, guys, we've got some problems with the Ranger build. Yeah. It's still a legitimate class, and there's nothing wrong with anybody that's playing these. Um, there's there's nothing wrong with going by the book on this, but work with your DM. There's some stuff here that are that I feel. I feel like, you know how you, you could have Colossus Slayer or Giant Killer or Horde Breaker? I would turn to my DM and I would say, hey, do you think that maybe I can choose one of these as well at fourth level instead of a feat? Just to give it something else. Because it's it's all too late. It's all too too little too late. I, I, I'm with you on that one. Um, my concern is these do not equate the power that 5th edition feats have. You're right. They're not as powerful as a feat. They really aren't. My thing about it is that if you are not using the feat variant and you want to, to add this in as almost a, a half feat op- option maybe, your strength and dex are already high enough. You don't really feel the need to go into anything else. You haven't gone spellcasting. Because we haven't really talked the spellcasting power of a, of a ranger. And there is some. Okay. And a lot of it's um, terrain management and battlefield control, right? And that's what they seem to be uh, they're almost as good as a bard when it comes to slowing down enemies and putting up barriers, especially tier one and tier two level, yep. right? So there's a lot going on for the ranger besides just the stuff that we've hit, but we're not going to go through every freaking spell in this in this episode. Maybe in a future episode, maybe we'll just make Dan just list every single spell and read them out loud from from the player's handbook. <laughs> okay, and, and he's got to do it for that. And he's got to do it in thirty minutes or less. <laughs> Uh, oh, not with my lung capacity. <laughs> yeah, okay. I can fair. help you with that. <laughs> but but let's talk for a moment about the revised ranger. Because this is something that well, I'm going to be straight up front about. Wizards has said this is not actually something that you are allowed to use in Adventure League. But the Unearthed Arcana exists out there. You can look it up. It's free online. And if you want to do the ranger, but you're not getting what you want out of it, Go in this direction with the Revised Ranger. This is an option. So um, we will do an episode in the future about the Revised Ranger subclasses because there is a version of the Beastmaster and a version of the Hunter that's in there. And there's a third option as well, but we're not gonna, we don't have time to get into all that tonight. So let's just look at the base idea and see if maybe you like this better than the basic thing that we said before sure. the commercial. All right. So everything is relatively the same until level five. 
you're still going to get your favorite enemy and your natural explorer at uh, level 1. You're going to get your fighting style and spell casting at level 2. You're going to get your ranger archetype, but they're called conclaves now. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's just a word, but I like that. It's mm. better than archetype. Like, archetype is just kind of wah-wah. Yeah. I like path of, oath of, domain for the others, and we needed something for ranger. Yeah. Uh, you get your ability score improvement at level 4. You get your primeval awareness at, uh, at level 3. I skipped that one. Um, and then instead of extra attack, you don't get an extra attack anymore. Instead, you get another conclave feature. Okay. Now, for two of the three of them, not the Beastmaster version, that actually equates to an extra attack. But for the Beastmaster stuff, because they took all of our notes and all of our bitching about what uh, the Beast can't do and using your action stuff, you get technically another attack through your Beast Companion. All right? So, while technically you're not getting extra attack uh, when you look at it at the first glance, it's still worked in there. It's in the subclass features now. Because they didn't want to give you an extra attack and your Animal Companion an extra attack. So, they changed that a little bit. At level 6... You no longer get your improvements for Favorite Enemy and Natural Explorer. As a matter of fact, that's the big thing about it. For Favorite Enemy, you lose the ability to choose Aberrations, Celestials, Constructs, Dragons, Elementals, Fiends, Giants, Oozes, or Plants. They cut all of that shit out. They cut Giants? Giants is the one there that surprises All of it. However, there are no limitations on, um, on the Humanoids. You can just pick a Humanoid. Uh, humanoids is is um is one of the things, and you're just proficient at all humanoids. Hmm. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. You also get a plus two to damage rolls against them. There it is. You also gain one language of your choice instead of being... And you are not limited by your favorite enemy knowing that language. It says you probably should, but if you choose your favorite enemy to be uh, beasts, you can still learn deep speech. Yeah. But remember, you don't get more favorite enemies. Whereas before you were getting like three of them, I think it was, in the base. You only get one now. And this is it for the rest of the game. At your Natural Explorer at level one, you do not choose a single terrain anymore. This just applies to all terrain. And you ignore all difficult terrain. You have advantage on initiative rolls. And in the in the first round... You have advantage on any creature that hasn't gone yet in initiative. So you're always imposing surprise condition. Hmm. Dan is like, holy shit, really? And he's checking the, the UA. That's amazing. That This is super powerful. This is level one. Yeah. All right. And we are already more powerful than some of the other classes. Well, yeah. So normally um, you get uh, your primeval awareness at third level. Okay, and, and I broke it down before, but Primeval Awareness, for those of you that don't have perfect memories, this is the one where you can f- use a spell slot to focus for one to six miles to, and know if they're aberrations or celestials or all that. No, that, that shit doesn't happen anymore. This is radically different. You can no longer sense aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead by using a spell slot. Instead, you can concentrate for one minute and determine if your favorite enemies lurk nearby, where their numbers, and the general direction and distance in miles from you. So you can say, three miles that way, there are 14 gnolls. That seems more realistic. It's more powerful in some ways, but it's weaker in others. It's but it super makes... powerful if you choose humanoids, because you just know where everyone camping in six miles is. Yes, yeah, every kind of humanoid. In that sense, it seems overpowered. How is your big bad ever going to sneak up on you, ever? 
Yeah, it, but maybe then then you have to make your big battle lich, so it's not a yeah. freaking humanoid anymore. But I mean, even the minions and stuff. You also bad. can spend one action, and here's the great thing. This is where I would say, hey, look at the Beastmaster stuff again. You can also spend one action to communicate simple ideas with beasts. Any beast, reading intent, mood, emotional state, and if it is affected by magic. You can also tell its short-term needs and what you can do, if anything, to convince it to not attack you. That makes sense. That's very Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. you, you Well, you, you turn into the Crocodile Hunter. You become Steve Irwin. Yeah. Right? And I think that that's fantastic. Now, remember I said that you don't get another favorite enemy? Um, you only get the one. At level six, uh, you get... Because you don't get your favorite enemy in natural, uh, natural Explorer improvements, but you do get greater favorite enemy. Which, like favorite enemy... Uh, or it's like favorite enemy, except for now you can choose aberrations, celestials, constructs, dragons, elementals, fiends, and giants. You still don't get access to oozes and plants, and it doesn't refresh the list. If you chose beasts and not humanoids for your favorite enemy, neither of those are on the list for greater uh, favorite enemy. You right. have to choose from this list. So you gain another language of your choice, doesn't matter what it is, and now you get plus four damage to both this and your favorite enemy. So when you roll damage dice, you get to add four if it's your favorite enemy or your greater favorite enemy. Wow. That's on top of all the rest of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm looking at this. If you're playing Tyranny of Dragons, you choose dragons. If you're playing uh, uh, Storm King's Thunder, you you choose giants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If Absolutely. you're playing Avernus, choose fiends. Like yeah. You get undead for Curse of Strahd. Right? Yeah. This is, and at sixth level? Uh, you don't get undead. Undead's um, not on that list. Oh, Undead's sorry. Undead's not on that list. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you'll bring a cleric for that. So sure. <laughs> um, but you also or, get... Yeah. But check it out. I'm going to read this list again. Aberrations, Celestials, Constructs, Dragons, Elementals, Fiends, and Giants. You get advantage on every spell, on saves against spells that they cast. Which means your Ancient Dragons, it means your Aberrations, your Angels, your Devils. You get advantage on saves. And... You get advantage on abilities used by them. Not just saves, but you get advantage against Dragon Breath. Wow. Yup. That's nuts. At level 10, um, or at level 8, remember I was talking about Land Stride, where you can uh, move through non-magical terrain without using extra movement. You have advantage on saves against plants that are magically blah, blah, blah. Nobody cares. It's level fucking 8. You should have more than this by now. So, you get Dash as a bonus action yeah. instead. Well, that's what we were asking for. That's what we wanted, something in combat to help, right? Yeah. Um, and then, uh, starting at 10th level, Hide in Plain Sight is radically different. You can spend one minute to create a, a camouflage for yourself originally, but now you no longer camouflage for a plus 10 to stealth. Now, you stay absolutely perfectly still. When you hide, if you don't move... Enemies get a negative 10 to their perception checks to find you. This is no longer your stealth. It's the DM's roles to find you. You've learned to move so slowly you've become invisible. Yeah. <laughs> you can stay like this on consecutive turns without rolling until you are detective, or detected, until you move, or until you fall prone. So you can stay absolutely still. In the middle of combat, you can duck behind a barrel, freeze, and no one will think to look behind that barrel again until combat is over. The Metal Gear Solid. 
Yeah, kind of, right? <laughs> that's so much more powerful than than the I have to take a full minute to smear shit on me, find a vertical surface, <laughs> and then right not up. breathe until they're right, and hope that my stealth rolls. But I can still yell. Round. It can still yell to the to the rest of the yeah, body. Right. Though. So this makes a lot more sense. This is the revised Ranger. I really, really like this. Now the conclaves. Um, there are there are three different conclaves now. Like I said, they replace Hunter and Beastmaster. Because you get shit at different levels, you cannot take the stuff from Player's Handbook or Xanathar's and apply it to the Revised Ranger. The Revised Ranger only works with its own conclaves. Right. But if you can get permission from a DM, this keeps you relevant right from the beginning, straight up until, I don't know, Vanish. Vanish, Feral Senses, and Foe Slayer is all essentially the same. Right. But this will get you up to, to 10th level Ranger. At which point I'm probably looking at Rogue. Or, yeah. or Druid or something else. It's going to it's gonna help. Um, yeah, I'm probably looking Druid at that point. Yeah, Or Fighter. I, I've got a decent Wisdom at that point. Maybe I want more spells, right? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I want something that uh, that is um, Arcane Casting, right? But whatever it is, it makes sense to go into Barbarian. Yep. Right? But uh, whatever it is... Beastmaster Barbarian will be good. But yeah. I like the fact that there are now 10 solid levels of Ranger in this. Yeah. It doesn't fix the whole class because the second half of it's kind of womp womp. Yeah. But it's great. And most, honestly, most D&D campaigns don't get above second tier. So this works absolutely fine. Yeah. yeah. And all the stuff that you get at the high level for the Conclave, that stuff's good. So there's still some incentive depending on the subclasses. For sure. So... Do you guys have any thoughts about... I prefer it. I do. I prefer it because you're right. It gives a little bit more meat to the ranger. And uh, and it, it was just too weak. And I've... Yeah, I was really turned off by the last one, but I really like the revised version. Yeah. yeah uh, attractive. I, I, I was... Dan said earlier that he was looking it up and he couldn't find it in Xanathar's because it is so important. You'd think it would have made it in there. Yeah. But it didn't. So... Yeah. I was a little shocked as well that it didn't. I went to go see what the differences were between the UA version and the Xanathar's version. And it's just, just the UA version. So that, All right, well, that's it. Like I say, yeah. it's available online and Wizards published it. It's, it was available for playtesting. A lot of people really liked it. I feel like maybe it was a little bit too powerful. Yeah. Well, you said like the last 10 levels are kind of... Um, but the first 10 levels are... Potentially one of the most powerful classes it, in the it, first it, 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 It's a front-heavy class. Yeah. It is. It's like me. Like, my cod piece is heavy, but I got nothing going on in the back. <laughs> I, I think with an ex- exploration-heavy class like that, it is hard to find the balance, though. Because either... What do you give me the eye for? No, I, I just give a damn the eye, and you just happen to look at me, and you, you got Why that, you those collateral damage. You two making eyes at each other? Did you not catch the front-end cod piece comment? No. That's okay. Keep going. <laughs> That's what she said. Nicely <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> done. Nicely done. Yes! Talking about having sex, Dan. Sexual intercourse. <laughs> sorry, man. I'm sorry. You guys just live I'm to make sorry. me uncomfortable. Dude, but we haven't done it. I would love to know. I would love to know why the British guy is... Not the, least the repressed. repressed. Yeah. yeah, why is the British guy the least repressed uh, Because it's 2019, Dan. Because I moved yeah. to the new world, to North America, <laughs> and make a name for myself. I've lived here my entire life, and I'm the most repressed. can do whatever I want. I came here not knowing what to do. I was going at it like an epileptic sewing machine, and now I've got this. 
<laughs> you got Dan. Yes. Dan's oh, good beer. Dan's good beer. Yeah. I waited. Right, Terry, I, you, Terry, you get advantage on the next roll. I <laughs> wait until Dan brought his beer to his mouth. I the sewing machine. I wait until Dan brought his beer to his mouth and I dropped it. Here's a second D20. You get advantage on the Merci next roll. Merci beaucoup, mon ami. All right. Okay, so was there anything else or should we move on to Let's it? move on. on. Okay. Dad, I'm assistant Together, DM. Huh? I say, let, I decide when we move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, all right. So uh, let's do a bit of a shout out. We haven't really done a whole lot of shout outs outside of Megan and ourselves. The, the Call of Cthulhu <laughs> stuff. Yeah, right. Outside of, just because we're so fucking awesome. <laughs> shout um, out. Download our podcast. Moving on. <laughs> um, I, want to, uh, I want to do a shout out to someone who actually helped us quite a bit during the Call of Cthulhu. He was uh, instrumental. In coming together with the hey. with the music that we put together in the background, mm-hmm. our main radiance theme that we played a lot of, especially in the later episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, he wrote and and composed that, and he worked with Dan very closely on that. And we're we're absolutely thrilled with everything he's done. Uh, we know him in our personal lives. His name is Tyler, uh, but he's got a new Instagram uh, account that he is got up and running where he is making music for people to put in things like our our actual play. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about doing your own actual play podcast stuff, reach out to Tyler. You can find him at at Melodic as Music. So that is Melodic as Music. All one word. And Tyler's absolutely fantastic. He's the nicest guy in the world. Um, I love Tyler. Uh, I can't. I can't. Say that enough. So nice. now, was he involved in the chants as well that we did? He, he was the one that created the main melody for it, um, and he also sang on some parts of that. So if if you've listened to, I think it's episode three and episode four, and oh, sporadically and throughout the entire thing. Yeah, there, there's um, the Inuit he, chants all the way through. You have heard Tyler's voice. Yeah. Wow. So, um, Tyler also uh, to put a, put us a little bit back on brand is one of the characters. Because he plays in one of our games, in the Clear Cut game, uh, that you brutally murdered with your halfling ranger. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, my ranger did uh, brutally slaughter his character. He was an unassuming, portly little cleric, and then suddenly he was a grease stain on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> because, yes. because rangers. Because yeah. rangers. Um, and that was not a revised ranger. That was a base ranger. Really? I mean, Xanathar's class was a gloom stalker, but uh, yeah, low level too. I think I was level five. Yep. Maybe so four, four maybe. Like there's, rangers are effective. We're complaining a lot, but we're complaining because we want more out of them. We're nitpicking. Rangers themselves, especially low levels, are really fun. So let's get back on brand. Let's get a back on bit. topic. It was thank you, Tyler. That was fantastic. Thank you, Tyler. Can you spell that thing? Because melodic as T Y as A S as oh A S okay yeah melodic as music. So M E L O D I C A S M U S I C. One word. I did that without looking, so I'm pretty proud of myself. Yeah, I, I hope it's right. Yeah, well, if it isn't, <laughs> if it isn't, someone else will get your business. So anyway, <laughs> um, we'll 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 uh, spell it in the show notes for you, like we do with all of our. Show yeah, for notes. sure. So uh, let's move on to the next thing, guys. It's creative builds. This is my favorite part of every this one of the classes. This is my favorite part. Yeah. So it's not Dan's. Dan's just sitting there like I like the books. Dan, is it your fa- what's your favorite part? The books. It's books. Books It's books. Let's find out what kind of gnome Dan wants to make with a ranger, shall we? (laughs) Don't be silly. It will be a goblin, no doubt. (laughs) No, he's he's giving us a Oh, shit. Oh, I fucking called it. He's got a Swerf Neblin under Dark Road. You wait. Some kind of bullshit. All right, shall we roll it? I got advantage this time. All right. Something. I'm going 218. Dead fucking last. I got a 17. That's how advantage works, Dan. Mathematically, I get to go first now. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'd... Terry, you no longer get to tell us how to pronounce that. <laughs> All right. You're up first. What do you got? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Here's my creative idea for a character. I haven't played D&D as long as you. And this is what my biggest worry is whenever I make a creative idea. One of you guys goes, yeah, 11 years ago I played with a guy who did that. It's not that creative. Um, but here's what I'm thinking. I talked to you guys before about how I wanted the Beastmaster to be more bestial. And I want to move away from relying on um, ranged weapons. I think that you should have a much more bestial-like character, like almost like a Wolverine-type character, that uses their beast companion as an extension of themselves. So me thinking tactically, I deliberately thought tactically this time, instead of just going... You always think tactically, though. I do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, You're the one that drops dragons on parties every single dragon. Actually, you're right. You're fucking right. Two out of three. It's a legit technique, and I'll come back to it again. <laughs> Spoiler alert for gold dragons in two rooms. <laughs> fucking landed on people. Okay, if you're not doing that yet, you're wasted it. But use your um, your animal, your beast companion as an extension of yourself. Okay, use their. You get to move them into the position, and this is chess. So you should be flanking your enemies now, getting your attacks on them, and then using them, and then getting them away. You can disengage them and move them again. So say if you're moving them ten feet, get that flanking position. Get your attacks on them and get them away. Even though they're typically weaker, I do enjoy a good hawk. Because a hawk, yes, wolves are stronger. (coughs) Thank you, Dan. But a hawk, you can get in there, you can cause the damage, you can disengage that animal companion and fly them up and get them out of danger. Next round, you bring them back down, you do it again. This is going to be consistently giving you advantage on your attacks. This is going to be really powerful too if you can... If, if they have enough hit points to stay for a round, yep. that rogue, that assassin, is going to get so much more. Now, they're getting their sneak attack. If you're going two weapon fighting as well, and you have your two attacks at level five, you could cause a lot of melee damage with your advantage rolls here. But the reason the reason behind all of this is I wanted a much more primal, bestial-like character. I'm thinking like a saber-toothed wolverine type thing here. But I'm trying to move away from awesome. ranged weapons. What race? Um, I guess it doesn't matter. Dwarf, because I was thinking Wolverine. He's short. Yeah, all right. All right, cool. Yeah? Yep. Adam? Okay, so... That's as short as I'll get, Dan. Okay, I'll never go... Uh, just just you wait. I'll never go shorter than Dwarf. Um, I'm going to cut the legs off your Dwarf. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> um, he's going to be Stumpy the Dwarf. <laughs> so, okay, I roll next. So my, my creative class, I'm looking at what the natural explorer has to offer, right? What are the different terrains? Look, elves, I love you. No, go the, go the fuck away. Yeah. Right? We don't need you for this. Everybody's already played an elf ranger. Sup, Jess? But we should... <laughs> <laughs> but again, but that's to the point. A newer player embracing a trope, right? Exactly. Which makes absolute sense because she got to do that now. She got to do that, that wood elf ranger. And, and, and now she, she can never do it again. And, it, she, and that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed having that, that character. Aerith was a great character. Absolutely. She was badass. She was very... Uh, she was better because of her player than she was but mechanically, but still mechanically really fun. She kind of was almost like uh, Celine in Underworld. She was that badass type. Well, she was the widow of... Lara Croft type thing. She was Strahd's widow. The yeah. Black Widow of Barovia. Black Widow of Barovia. But anyway... Oh, God. Memories. Anyway, what I would do is I would look at the other options there. You were talking about the uh, Arctic Ranger with the sled dogs. Yes. I'm definitely heading in that direction, only maybe with a winter wolf. Yeah. If I can get permission from the DM. Uh, I'm thinking about the coastal. That's where I was thinking. I want something, and it can even just be a a human, right? I'm thinking sea elf. I'm thinking um, 
Triton because I want the water side of things. But it could just be a straight up dwarf that lives in a coastal mountainside. Or a halfling. Or I'm leaning into the sailor or the pirate background. And... It's all coastal, and I've got uh, a dolphin companion, I've, maybe. I knew, when you were talking, I was like, he's going to go dolphin. We're riding dolphins here. But why not also go with birds, right? You're talking yeah. about hawks, and there are all sorts of birds. At coast. I mean, we live in Vancouver. We see that there are so many freaking birds yeah. around here. You can't go anywhere near the water that there being a shit ton of birds. Birds is English slang for woman, and so... Hey, <laughs> My, my animal like, companion is ladies. Wait, <laughs> I'm going to English Bay. My animal companion is going to be women. But I like the idea of you picking something that's a little bit smaller. That's um, like I'm trying to think what else is, is around uh, wharfs and what otters, maybe yeah. like seals. Yeah, and and I would just Seal. take the badger or or something, and I would just reskin that. Um, and this gives you something to do on ships. And in coves and around beaches and beachheads and you are finding sunken ships. And when you're doing a pirate campaign, because a lot of people do, I, I see it about once a month on Instagram. So I'm like, hey, we're starting a pirate campaign, which means they either never go long and they don't go well or they're very, very popular. And I choose to believe the second one because we're doing a pirate campaign ish. But um, we uh, one of the things that we're not really latching on to is the idea of always being on water. And always being around water and using that to our advantage. And the idea of um, a coastal lake, you know how you get advantage on, or you aren't slowed down by uh, by difficult terrain? Yeah. Are you not slowed down when you swim then? If, it, if you're coastal? Hmm. Hmm. I guess. I really like that. As a, as a DM, I would rule that, no, you're not slowed down. You swim at your regular movement. Because why wouldn't I? Would the mountain one climb at the regular movement? Yeah, and I'm gonna. I'm more likely to give this to you if you are a sea elf in the water or a Goliath yeah. in the mountains, right? But why not? Like that's a lot of that's a lot of fun for me to to reflavor. If you're a Tabaxi underground, like under dark one, do you get a burrow speed? Why Tabaxi underground? I'm, I'm thinking if you're t- t- Tabaxi are distant jungles. That's well, like some by of them. lore. No, by lore they're distant. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to think of, like, a shifter, maybe, uh, a Kalishtar or something where you're, like, kind of bestial and you're digging. I mean, I guess. I, sure. I, I don't know. I don't think there's one for a burrow speed. Yeah. That, that would quite have, fit. But, like, the climb speed well, in the swim speed. Dwarf! <laughs> would you give dwarves a, like, I no. guess you would just give them a burrow speed rather than them being able to burrow at their speed. No, a dwarf cannot dig 15 feet per second. That is not happening. That was a that was a joke. <laughs> Do not put that in your goddamn nonsense fucking campaign. So, because that's what that would, it would become. If a dwarf is just, like, disappearing. If they're tremors now, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Write that down. I'm 100% on board with Tremor this. Tremor dwarfs. It's just like, you guys are walking down through, like, an agent it, uh... Um, abandoned dwarf camp, and then all of a sudden they just start popping out of the ground. Oh, those, those are just called Fraggles, man. <laughs> Tremors is a good movie. I haven't watched it in a lot of years. I we should sit down it. and watch it. Yeah, we should I'm, live stream that. We should have other people watch us watch Tremors. I'm on board with this. Yeah, people do that. People do that. Yeah, people do that. Weird. What is wrong with the internet? Including the uh, what is it? The sci-fi <laughs> don't TV even, show. Don't ask that question. There's uh, a TV series that's Tremors that I haven't seen a single episode. There's like four 
sequels too. It's ridiculous. I like the fact that that they've got um, ones that walk, and the third one they got ones that fly. They don't actually fly. They just launch themselves. They have combustible asses, and they launch themselves. They blow up and launch themselves like a hundred feet, and then land on you and eat you. And they're legitimately called ass blaster versions of the tremors. Ass blaster <laughs> graboids is well, what they're called. This is just which sounds like an STD, if you ask me. An <laughs> ass blaster wrong. graboid. You're not wrong. That's a, that's amazing. So I'm sorry to tell you, you have ass blaster graboids. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We need to make a stat block for the freaking tremors monster. Yeah, <laughs> that sure. would be amazing for an ass blaster graboid. Yep, absolutely. Okay. So anyway, Dan, what do you have going for? Um, so. Terry's gonna get mad at me. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a gnome because uh, it's a gnome. Um, is it really? A it is actually gnome? a gnome. Do you yeah. know how many character classes there is in the? Oh, uh, there's a lot of character like classes. Six fucking books, Dan. Yeah, there's a I'm lot sorry. of character classes. That's aggressive. There's there's a only a few uh, races though, <gasps> and I really don't like halflings. I just I don't. I never have. I I, I honestly think they're broken. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of them. So, really, halflings is the one. Race that you don't want to play because they're broken. That is that is where you draw the line for min maxing. Yes. <laughs> All right, carry on. He's a gnome. So uh, he's a gnoming. Is what so he I, I I I would have a gnome. Would you know? Um, battle master character. I, I know this is not a surprise to anybody. No battle master, but not the fighter battle master. Um, uh, uh, a hardened veteran the knight gnome character. Who uh, just wades into battle with a death wish, um, with his two short swords, and just tears things apart. I would go into the hunter with this. He'd be doing the uh, horde breaker and uh, stand against the line. Um, all of those kind of features. I I would give him two levels of fighter just so that he could get a little bit more of like second wind and everything else. Yeah. Um, but a dex based melee gnome fighter probably rock gnome just so he's also tossing out like give him really interesting trinkets and whatnot that he uses to distract and in other ways um pull attention so that he get his um two weapon fighting off um i i I just really love the idea and have him be like the guy who um patrols around this one village uh saving it from rampaging kobolds or tribes of goblins or other threats inside that no one really knows so he's a folk hero as well he's just this the 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 um so miniature three. shadow of the woods that just keeps this town safe he's got three different backgrounds but he's a but you landed on gnome yes so he's gnome. just like a vigilante type guy or what? yeah and then I think the ranger uh, blades, the hunter specifically, bleeds very well into this. Have him be a character you guys have to track. There's one thing I do want to mention that we haven't brought up about any of the other ranger abilities. A lot of them are about, you know, being able to track but not being able to tr- be tracked. Um, that ability is an uncommon magic item that is worth up to 500 gold. And anyone could have it with an amulet of non-detection. Yeah. Um, so I would want to give the Rangers a little something more on that one, but yeah. uh, my, my character is this grizzled gnomish veteran that's protecting this, uh, town. Sure. I'd probably end up liking it. No, all right, here, I got yeah. one, I got one for you. All right. Cause it just occurs to me that Dan should have said this and he didn't. <laughs> so he's just a wrong person. So you're not Dan. No, you are because I'm thinking he's, he's a human. 
Okay, so I'm just going to go straight on this. Probably not even variant. He looks relatively... Uh, no, I'd give him variant, but he looks like he's just kind of a regular person. But he's a noble. And then he takes the folk hero uh, aspect and he... It becomes essentially a Robin Hood type character, but he's backed by his own riches. And he is a ranger and he he casts spells, but he has got all of these like weird trick arrows and stuff. And he's able to, you know, hail of thorns or zephyr strike or whatever it is, so that he he strikes in an urban environment from the rooftop, shooting down, and he's cho- uh, he's chosen uh, humanoids. Yeah. And he's hunting down the mafia and the mob boss. This is actually I like character. this is an NPC that you team up with. I like it as a character as well, and I expected Dan to say that because his favorite superhero of all time is Green Arrow, who is just a ranger. Yep. Green and Arrow is your favorite superhero. Favorite superhero, yeah. Why? Um short version. Short version? Because um, he's a no. <laughs> short uh, version of Green Arrow, that's what it is. Yeah, so he's so he's a rock gnome because he has trinkets on his arrows. Yep. There we go. Short version, Green Arrow. Yep. Are you wondering to, wanting to know why Green Arrow is my favorite yeah. superhero? Um, he is an everyman that's not brooding and whining about his dead parents all the time. Does he have dead parents? I mean, he does, but what he broods and whines about is why his girlfriend doesn't love him this week. Oh. Or, or why his uh, one of his uh, sidekicks is addicted to meth. Heroin. It was heroin. I don't know. Well, you should know this if he's your favorite. I was just trying to say a random <laughs> drug. It was heroin. Specifically heroin. I know. It was caffeine. No, it was heroin because his name was Speedy. Uh, I'm not joking. Uh, That is not a joke. That is legit. That's the type of character you like, though. You like the the puns and stuff and the play on words. Uh, I do not. Um, Okay. I'm not the DM. Adam, I look at you. Yeah. I'm up to you now. For what? To end this. To end this nonsense? This Green Arrow bullshit? (laughs) Yeah. To end this this Green Arrow bullshit. This fucking Rent-A-Batman nonsense? Yeah. Oh, Dan is so mad. Even, even Batman has said he will never make fun of Green Arrow again. Not saying he didn't, but he has said he will never make fun of him again. And then they redid the universe, so it doesn't count. But I still... I will never make fun of Green Arrow again. No, he, says, he says it directly to his face. He says, I will never make fun of your trick arrows oh, again. Like this, like, hey, like Michael Keaton, like I'm Batman. That's who I am. Is that his voice? You're more Christopher Walken than anything else. No, it wasn't. It was pretty Christopher Walken. He's in a Batman movie, though. Anyway, that's it for this week's episode on Rangers. (laughs) Remember to tell your friends, and remember they can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as dozens of other podcast apps. You can also find us at www.itsamimic.com or email us at info at itsamimic.com. Check out Tyler at Melodic as Music, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the It's a Mimic podcast. I'm Batman. Oh, don't, Dad, don't hit me with that. <laughs> Thank you for listening to It's a Mimic. Check us out online at itsamimic.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have questions you would like answered by the guys on the show? Send them an email to itsamimic at gmail.com. Tune in every Tuesday for more. Oh, fuck. All right, guys. I got to ask. There's a new Star Wars coming out next month. Is there really? It's the last Should I have known that already? Yeah, I you know, probably should It's not the last Star Wars. It is Episode Nine, the last of the Skywalker saga. There's going to yes. be a whole bunch more, but it is the last, quote-unquote, Star Wars movie. Right. Do we still give a shit? Honestly? I, honestly... I grew up on Star Wars, and I'm struggling with this. Last yeah. Jedi burned me out. 
I've lost track of the order. I don't give a fuck anymore. I don't really care about the Skywalker saga. I I love all of the spin-offs. <laughs> That's what I enjoy. Because that, that keeps the universe going for me. I wasn't a fan of Solo. I loved Rogue One. I fucking Rogue loved One was Rogue great. One. Rogue One, Rogue One was phenomenal. The second best Star Wars movie of all after time. it was it was Empire. Empire. Yeah. After Empire, yeah. After Phantom, yeah. Uh, no, no, <laughs> we don't no. have to do no, it. We're not doing that again. We're not doing it again. No, um, but honestly, I'm seeing stuff come out for it, and I'm just like, okay, what kind of weird shenanigans are they going to do now? And like, I've, I've, re- I've, how many beams are coming off the lightsaber this time? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, oh, it's it's a chain nunchuck lightsaber now. Did you see that like switchblade lightsaber? Is it really? Trailer? No, fuck, goddamn. That was a joke. But is that really what it is? Yes. You know, I do not watch trailers so that I can stay spoiler-free and be dazzled by the stuff that everyone else just thinks is ho-hum and normal. And Dan just walks up to me and says, hey, have you watched this thing yet? And I will say, no, obviously not. It hasn't come out for, it's not coming out for six months. And Dan will look me square in the eye and say, then you should know how it ends. And then he will tell me how it ends. Because he <laughs> read some... Spoiler, Dan. Oh my God, it is... I, I, I authentically, and uh, like this is not even a bit, I 100% do not give a shit about spoilers. Ever since I was a kid, I was the one who flipped to the end of the book, read the last chapter, and then thoroughly enjoyed the journey. I'm a f- really oh yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent that kid. I I sit here and I look because I was a filmmaker for a while, right? And and I look at the amount of effort that the writers and the directors put in to give twists and turns and and amazing things. As a dungeon master, when I've got a plan, I don't want you guys figuring out until the moment where it's a big reveal, and that has paid off for yeah, me at the table. Because that's part of the fun for you as the dungeon master. Yeah. So I absolutely hate this leaked footage. Or, hey, look who was on set wearing this costume at this time. And I'm like, no, guys, everybody fuck off and leave it alone. Oh, yeah. I, I don't I go that far into it. just enjoy watching. we got to leave the, the social media, the internet culture away. It's people trying it's to get... suck on other people's hard work, right? I'm glad you said work, man. Fuck. People trying to suck on other, <laughs> other people's hard <laughs> uh, we went, work. We went work, about hard three work. minutes without talking about dicks, so we take pretty good. <laughs> But do you know what I mean? Like other people working out there putting millions and millions into production. It's the role of their life, and then some fucking dick from TMZ. I can't prove that allegedly is like no, Kit Harrington picture in fucking Northern Ireland. Yeah, and I don't know. Do we blame the tabloids for this before fucking we, TMZ no, we, and we, shit, we, or do we, we blame, blame MTV for? We blame celebrity culture. We blame the idolization of fucking flawed human beings. See, this is look. There was always celebrity celebrity culture. Always. That's why we had gladiators. They were freaking celebrities. Oh. Back in the day, so good, but you couldn't tell people ahead of time. Hey, look, guess who's gonna win? No, because everybody right? had to tune in Saturday at five p.m. or whenever it was on. No, I don't mean American Gladiators. I mean like, oh, like sorry, Greco Roman. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, he's talking like Maximus the Brave, not Laser dude, the Strong. Dude, I'm so fucking stupid sometimes. Like, do you know what? And I just and listen- here comes Robbie, aka Laser Nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to that episode again recently where Dan assumed that he was the second most intelligent one of the table <laughs> I argued it and then there was so many fucking times after that where I'm like I'm such an idiot and I was like complaining about sociology I legitimately <laughs> feel bad idea. about that comment but no, no. dude no I don't I like the assumption that I'm the smartest I don't know I don't know how I'm getting through life you guys oh fuck